0: In today's episode, we discuss the current state of the world, discipline and hard work, the benefits of wrestling, the current education system, and more. I really hope you'll enjoy today's episode, and if you'd hop on and leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice, it really helps me to spread the word about the show. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the show. Today's show is brought to you by Icepot, finally an affordable, portable, and effective way to get the benefits of cold water immersion in the comfort of your own home. I opted for the Pro Bundle which includes the ice pod, a water circulating pump, a special insulated lid, and a thermometer to check the temp of your water. Even in Georgia, the ice pod keeps my water between 60 and 70 degrees and when I load it up with a 36 pack of water bottles that I use and refreeze after each session, I can easily get it around 50 degrees for the perfect cold water immersion experience. Despite being light and portable, the ice pod is super durable and it's the perfect solution for anyone who wants to experience the benefits of cold water immersion without spending thousands of dollars for a home water chiller or trying to DIY your own. Cold immersion can help with recovery and muscle soreness, raise dopamine levels, help you wake up and be more alert, help you to burn more calories, mobilize brown fat, and more. Visit podcompany.com and use my special promo code SHANE five zero one zero seven for ten dollars off your order and each sale helps to support the show as well stay cool out there people are you looking for the perfect high protein snack that isn't loaded with stuff like msg nitrates and sugar carnivore snacks is the perfect high protein snack made from quality grass-fed beef and salt that's it each bag uses one pound of high quality beef lamb pork or chicken salt and nothing else Aside from being easy, healthy, and convenient, they also taste great. These snacks are not just another jerky, they are way better. Give a bag a try, and I know you'll keep coming back. Check out CarnivoreSnacks, spelled with an X.com, and enter coupon code SHANE05137 for 15% off your order, and each sale will help support the Renaissance Wisdom Podcast as well. Welcome to the Renaissance Wisdom Podcast, where ancient and modern wisdom come together to create a better way of living. I'm your host, Shane Sorensen, and each week we speak with successful people from a plethora of disciplines in search of wisdom from their own lives. Your own personal renaissance begins today. Let wisdom Welcome to the Renaissance Wisdom Podcast. I'm here with today's guest, Dan Severn. Welcome to the show.
1: Well, I did not know that it was called the Renaissance. I've I've been known as the Renaissance man. Oh, I I can see it.
0: You've you've been a very busy man in life. So we we got a lot to talk about. And hopefully I'm
1: only at my midlife crisis right now. That's what I'm hoping for. Oh, man. The goal goal (laughs) is 125. That is what the goal is. Okay. So you're... You're if doing I'm at well. sixty, if I'm at sixty-five, well then I should be about ready for my midlife crisis, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I had mine early. Uh, I'm Did I'm thirty-four, you? and I had mine a couple years ago. I went a little bit, a little went a little bit wild. So wow. I don't know what Would that you says. But...
1: Elaborate. Would you care to elaborate on uh, what do you mean by going a little bit wild?
0: Uh yeah, I don't know. I just I I went through the phase of like wanting to buy this little convertible and, you know, just like kind of all the all the typical midlife crisis stuff I kind of went through. So maybe, maybe it was like my third life crisis. I, I no. don't
1: know. I was, never, I was never into the car type of thing. I, I, to me, it's like a car was nothing more than a tool for being getting from point A to point B. And if you saw some of the vehicles I, I owned, you would understand that from Dan Sever's perspective.
0: Sure. So. I think that's a, yeah, good, to, a good way to, me, to be car,
1: cars were cars were nothing more than uh, uh trying to get the most economical gas type of a vehicle and knowing that uh, it'll be just me in the, in the car and then by the desk will be the passenger seat uh, to my right and then however much stuff that i could pack in the trunk and uh, the back seat and even on the passenger seat at times knowing that it'll be just me because nope, not too many people can conform to the kind of schedule that I, I, I do.
0: Sure. Well, and that, that, that's like a great, that's a great segue to kind of just, you know, I I think a lot of the listeners probably will know a little bit about you, but why don't you tell us a
1: little bit about, you know, your background? Well, again, the, I think some of the younger people won't know, but I think that they should know because it's kind of like going, a, a lot of the young people they're, they're at a, I don't want to say a disadvantage, but they they do have a, a, a more of an uphill battle. Uh, we have some strange economic times that are yeah. taking place. Uh, you have uh, higher gas prices. Uh, once again, you've got inflationary type of things. Uh, your money's not going all that but uh, all that far. It's getting get eaten up a lot fat uh, a lot faster. Uh, you have a government that is not being held accountable. For their actions and stupidity, yeah. I can't say it much blunter <laughs> than that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. Through,
1: through COVID, through COVID, it wasn't the COVID pandemic that caused the problem, but during the same course of the same two years, a new disease erupted called stupid assitis. It, it spread like wildfire, and I couldn't believe how. Americans became so dumb. Yeah. Then again, I'm, I'm blunt. I've I got to me as I go. Can, can, can I turn the United States around? Hell yes. With people like my methods, hell no. i hell to the budget, <laughs> and uh, no money would would screw us with us with our military and stuff like that. The stuff that's happened to our military, our law enforcement, uh, it's bullshit. All bullshit it's it's definitely and that, that's one of the, your, the your questions I- you segment may not fly too well here shade is what I'm trying to say right now because <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not gonna run around with blue hair i'm not gonna put uh, you know uh, this morning I, I woke up and I was a little confused here about my gender here right now and i'm making you know uh, if, if, if if you have our if our if our so-called leadership can i give you a definition of what a woman is what a man is you're not my leader you're a dumbass and get out of the job. Sure, I,
0: I mean that was one of the questions I was going to ask you about was the the state of the world, right? Because you, you know, you, you've got some experience in life, so
1: I I, I I know why I know why everyone's coming to the United States because it truly is the land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. When you go to some of these other countries, and you realize, and and, and see the, the thing is, most Americans they will be born raised, live, work, all within probably a 50, probably no more than a 100-mile radius from where they were born. Sure. They won't, you'd be surprised how many will never leave their own state, not travel. They don't really, They they don't educate themselves really beyond the school system, and that is... The school system, <laughs> it's a joke. I, again, I actually have a teaching d- degree. I've substitute taught at a lot of different schools. I'm the number one sub. When I when I go back to Michigan, I'm the number one sub that they'll call on for the county. And when, I, when I'm in Arizona, I'm the number one sub that they'll call on because they simply know that Dan ever doesn't put up with bullshit.
0: Yeah.
1: I walk in and I see these lesson plans that some of these teachers leave for me. And literally, I throw right back in the cubbyhole. I go, this this teacher <laughs> should, should be should be fired. Okay? And, and I go, yeah. but what can they say to me? They can't say nothing to me because I'm the sub. Who are they going to get at the last second? It's not trying to say that I'm the last card. No, I literally, I will actually go in there and I will teach. Even though, say, what do you think? Uh, the, the standard... The standard, uh, if I'm a sub, the standard lesson plan will be uh, I walk in there, I tell them who I am that morning and who I'm subbing for, and I take role, and then basically it's like read chapter whatever, and then here's your little hand, I'll answer these questions, and for the next 50, 55 minutes, I sit there like a bump on the log. That's it. So I got to go. That, to me, that's not teaching. Yeah. Like the first time I ever went in to be a teacher, I wrote my name, Mr. Severin, on a chalkboard. I just sat there. And I wait until the class came in. I got in there earlier. And then I'll come in and all, all the young, the young bucks, they're like knuckle bumping each other. Stuff I did like, they're not going to be doing delay squadron today. And again. I knew what it was like because I remember when I had subs, what, what happened to that poor subs stuff like that. So I'm thinking, how am I going to get the upper hand right now? So as soon as I waited till the bell ring, I stood up and I uh, had the piece of chalk right there. I'm like, uh, good morning class. My name is Mr. Sefford." If you have a hard time pronouncing Severin, you can call me Mr. S or Coach. I've been a coach most of my life. If you want to know anything more about me, you can simply go to my website at thebeast.com. Now, every (laughs) high school has a computer lab. By second hour, I go, who is this guy? By third hour or fourth hour, by lunchtime, it's all across the school. You know, he's a professor of this. He's a cage fighter that. He's done this and that interesting. And then... You know, by, by later in the afternoon, the first brave hand will be raised, and, like going, uh, and I'll call upon them. And they're like, uh, Well, Mr. Severn, you know that you can't lay hands upon this. I go, Oh, contraire. There will be repercussions if I should lay hands upon you. So if I need to lay hands upon you, rest assured, I'll make it worth my while.
0: <laughs> you make it a good one.
1: Uh, and again this guy kind of, kind of you know, good am i bluffing or do you want to find out but then but but now i mean the thing is once i've been there a couple of times they love me because i will engage them for the first time ever in how to use your freaking brain because you got to realize you know, again the lesson plan is read whatever this, this these two or three pages then you gotta answer this little questionnaire how am i going i go right online you read uh, the first paragraph, next person behind you reads the next paragraph. So literally as they're reading, I start making marks as to who can't read. And so by the end of the day, I, I'm like, uh, Bob, Billy, uh, Jim, I need to see you guys at, at, after class. And again, it's because it's kind of going, it's not, I, can, I, don't, I don't want to embarrass them in front of that class, but once the class is done and then we're heading out of the classroom, I'll speak to those three, four, five, or six young, typically young men who can't read or they can't read very well and I go you need help I go I'll be more than happy to pass your names out to the English teacher lit teacher they can help you learning how to read is going to open up the world to you yeah and and then again I go I said it's not I'm not doing this for my benefit I'm not here I I didn't embarrass you in front of your your Russian class I'm here talking to you three that can't read okay I'm being being pretty blunt about it at, at that point and uh, and then it's, a you know that that's one thing to do, but the other aspect is now. So I, ha- I have the meeting, but then it's kind of like we're gonna we're gonna either succeed as a group or we're gonna fail as a group. So I've I've got the, the answers to all the I've got the answer keys here now as well. So again, a question comes up. I think who's the first you know president of the United States? And uh, you know, what over what? It's George Washington. I go, you're incorrect. And then the, the class like they're out there, they all look around like. They're all afraid to say something. I go, well, what's wrong? And then again, they're getting the, the the next brave hand, I go, well, Mr. Severn, that's, that's not correct. I go, well, what's the answer then? And it's like, oh, it's George Washington. And I, and I go, guess what? You're correct. I go, it's okay to disagree with an adult. Mm. I said, yeah. you just have to know how to do it, and you have to give them some facts and figures and some other stuff that are with it. You guys at your young age, you just like, well... Uh, you're wrong just because you're, you're you're dumb and ugly or something like that. Again, there's no rationale behind what their what what their what the rationale is right there. I said it's okay to to disagree, have some points that you're gonna disagree upon. And so now when they go into the classroom, they're like going, "Oh, Mr. Severus here. Game on!" Because he's gonna be tripping us up. so again, I'm making them use their brain for the first time ever. They gotta actually think about some of these answers and stuff like that. Because again, they're still gonna read, and I'm still going to point out to whoever. Is is either reading better? Uh, okay, you're, you're doing a good job right there, Shane. You, I see you, you, you've actually been going to the the, the English teacher and you've been uh, taking some some classes from there and stuff like that. Because again, it's not to benefit Dan. Never, I'm here to benefit you. I'm trying to make a better tomorrow. And again, I got no I got no investment into this kid. He's not my family member, nothing like that. But it's kind of going. But that's the same way I am about my own. Personal training facility, I really care and try to make people better. I always tell when I run the youth classes, I go, I go, I don't guarantee that I'm going to make you a better athlete. I will make you a better person. And that's why that's why I tell mom mm. and dad, I go, they're going to learn good character traits. That's one of the things I do like about the martial arts. Is that you know the 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 respect that they have with the yesers and no no maams and things of nature and then i'll I'll give them other lessons of what to do about uh you know surprise your mom and and clean up your room make your bed you know pick up your dirty little and stuff like that do something kind thank your parents I mean just little things like that and and also moms and dads are like who are you you know they don't even who, who possessed my son here right now and you and, and, and doing this and, and they'll it's kind of like then i have parents I go yo you're you're doing you're doing a good job it's like yeah to me it's like going again i, I that's all i guarantee it even when they come to my uh my, my facility up if, if their heads down they're just dragging their feet i put my arm across the, the doorway like 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 i'm doing a clothesline the professionals to the clothesline <laughs> i put my arm there. they run into it and then they, they look up i go what are you supposed to do when you come to mr severance class I'm supposed to look you in the eye and I'm supposed to shake your hand and say, hello, Mr. Sever. I go, let's do this. Again, it's good. It's stuff that, you know, to me, it's like, I'm trying to, I want them to succeed in this world. And and, and when you look at how many young people actually know how to look at someone in the eye, make eye contact, shake a hand. This is a good Device, if you use that device, but it's also the decline of civilization. <laughs> Amen. Go into go into yeah. any shopping go into yeah. any shopping mall and do a quick three hundred and sixty. Find the one person that physically does not have it in their hand, and they're all like glued down to it. It's like it's like it's the it's the all knowing, all powerful Siri. Please tell me this. You know, I'm like going. You know, get a life me it's a tool i use it for tool. i don't like to i don't text anyone on it because i i can't do this class i, <laughs> I never took this this double yeah. thumb class i don't know how they could do this i'm no single finger you know pecking person that that's on there i do it on the laptop i talk on the phone that yeah i mean do, do you think that
0: because obviously you touched on a lot there. Do, do you think that just lack of discipline is one of the biggest?
1: Because that, that's oh, something sure. I see, sure, is just sure. a lack yeah. of discipline. Well, yeah. Well, 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 well first off, the American family has changed over years. It, it just yeah. has changed. I mean, there was, you know, if you go back to those, again, let's say 40s, 50s, typically the woman stayed at home. And they were a homemaker; they weren't in the workforce stuff like that. Then, you, when you look at you know World War One, World War Two, were basically better off uh, and, and engaged in more. war. And now you have uh, the work; the, the, the industries are, are hurting stuff like that for our new workforce. So now you got the women joined the the, work, the workforce. You know that was like a, you know a, a big a big thing in there. But uh, it just in today's economic time. You really it, it it's you're gonna be it's gonna be tough to make it on one income. Yeah. Both both parents have got to be working, hopefully, in a way that, because the female is usually always the better nurturer than what, than what a male. is. A, man, a, okay. a male, I mean, they'll nurture to a certain thing, but they're they they're not going to you know do all the do all the nicey nice things that, that that to do with you oh, oh poor poor little Bobby's got a little boo-boo on him and I gotta kiss to the little boo boos and stuff like that. So I mean it's you know that that's uh you know it's like ah kid uh Bobby just rub a little dirt into it let's go. Come on now. Yeah, that that kind of thing. That's uh you know the difference between moms and dads. But it's uh that I'll say that was the first stage. So there there is this ongoing uh breakdown of, of the American family because Two pairs have got to work, but if you can work it out correctly to where the mom has a job that somehow mirrors children being in school so that, okay, as, as they're going off to school, she's headed off to work, you know, pops, he's going to be working whatever shifts this first, second or third shifts It's just whatever he's trying to do. Because hopefully he's still, you know, it's not that I'm looking at, he's going to be the more dominant breadwinner, but, uh. You know, honestly, in a lot of ways, yeah. If it was up to men to give the birthing process, it would be a pretty sparsely populated world. <laughs> I was there. I watched it as I go, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. I go, No. If it yeah, it just said women are troopers when it comes to that They could give birth to like a few messages like those, they're like going. I think I might want have another. I'm like going, "Oh, don't touch me! No, oh, this will never happen again." <laughs> this horrificness of I just I just watched it of all things went, Rah! Yeah, yeah, no,
0: yeah. The, this uh, this this incredible cage fighter that's that's been his whole life getting beat up, beating people up, all this, and you, you're like, you see the childbirth, and you're like, "Not for me! I'll, not not oh, for no, me!"
1: can it, it. it, <laughs> it, It's one of the most incredible things to watch. Sure. But, but then I, I'll say. I watched it on a human species, but then I grew up on a farm. So you named the animal. I watched it be birth, born yeah. on the farm. So again, I had I had a lot of previews of things to come, you know, and it wasn't quite the same thing. You, you know, you're uh, on the farm, you're usually trying to help uh the cow and you sometimes you had gotta help pull the the, the 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 uh calf by the hoofs and stuff like that. And I've watched you you name again, I said you named the animal, we raised it. I watched it give birth and uh yeah, you learn not to give it pet names because sooner or later, they're going to end up on your plate. You raise yeah. chickens because there's there's eggs that you get from the chickens. But then you know when you're picking up anywhere between say 400 to 600 chickens in the spring, and then every uh, let's say about every 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 month or every other month, you do a Saint Valentine's Day mat, uh, massacre where you take. Down a hundred or more chickens. You know that that expression of see you, know, you run around like a chicken with your head cut off. I mean, people think that's an expression. No, literally, you chop a chicken's head off, and you, and then you just whop it, you throw it out, and literally, it will run around until it finally falls over once again. So again, it, it's an expression, but literally, chickens will run around with their head ch- chopped off.
0: Yeah, I uh, I, I know. I grew up on a little bit of a farm. I wasn't like a farm boy. Uh, we didn't really have.
1: What kind of, what kind of what animals, crops. What uh, would you have? Uh,
0: well, I was in the middle of a cornfield, and uh, the the owner of the farm. So we we just rented the the farmhouse. Basically, the owner of the farm. They had pigs, and I remember. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember one time chasing,
1: chasing pigs a few times. <laughs> yeah, and and got chased got by out? the
0: pigs. Also, they're. Uh, they can be pretty aggressive, especially the uh, the, the, the mama pigs, the sows. So. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah the, the sows, yes. Yeah. Sows, especially after they had water cool litters, uh, they'll actually grow a tusk on top of that. And they're very protective of their young. And, I mean, they're literally, there are different stories, of, not stories, but actually uh, cases where an older, older farmer might have fell down, hit his head, and the pigs basically devoured him yeah because a, a pig will eat anything and everything Whatever. i grew up on a farm we had, we had pigs and uh we had to uh when when the different uh sows would uh, have their litters you know we'd have to grab out the little piglets there because then we have to castrate them and uh you know it, it's uh the, 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 the little piglets are squealing up a storm and and the mama sows are frothing at the mouth and they're trying to come over to over the pen to try to get at you to get things and you gotta you gotta keep them you got to you gotta knock them back in and keep them in there and then uh the the piglets are done get back in mama settles all back on down but it's just things that you have to do it's the same thing you have to do with with cattle or otherwise the males become very aggressive it's kind of like what's happening inside the united states there with a lot of these uh Woke individuals are wanting to go out and neuter a bunch of male, men right now just so that they can go off and be uh, transgenders.
0: Yeah, there's definitely like a, it seems like there's a pretty concerted effort to dismantle traditional masculinity in general, right? I mean, a lot of the things, even just things like but, fitness, and I mean, just a lot of traditional values are really being uh, taken apart.
1: When- When's the last time you, you heard about the presidential physical fitness awards?
0: When when I was in uh, fourth grade probably. Yeah. yeah.
1: I get it cuz it had been around for years. I mean in your when you if when you recall back to even your your high school days, yeah. uh, your phys- ed, phys ed class, how many people or what percentage of the class did not even dress out? 10%? 20%? Or more? Yeah. Didn't even dress out and yet and yet they passed. Why did they pass? They didn't dress out.
0: No no child we, left behind, we, right? It's like you just gotta pass what, everybody.
1: But again, are they doing a justice or an injustice? It's like well, a lot of people say, Well, what does phys Ed teach you? Well, it might teach you not to be a big turd that's about five thousand five five hundred pounds. That's what it might teach you. But then we don't really teach really good health classes in a lot of our school systems as well. And then you got to look at the the meal that they're serving at the cafeteria. How much junk is usually on it? It's kind of going, are they really doing the right job? Again, I'm not trying to say that we're doomed. It's just that kid things change. It can be corrected. Sure, kid. But parents have got to learn to be parents once again. I'm not saying you got to be like, you know, a Gestapo German leader that you must do this all life this way. Otherwise, you know, it's the gulag for you. No, I mean, you don't have to be like that. But you get there There's, there's got to be repercussions for actions or inactions. Because even and that was actually one of the things that I had a dispute with, with my better half at one point that because she always said, warning, warning. It was always warning. No, it's like if all you keep doing is go warning, the inmates are never going to, how are they ever going to respect that? You got to follow through. Be, growing up, we simply do, if my father ever got to the third time yelling up the stairs, uh, yelling up the stairs at, at my brothers and I, we're in deep shit. <laughs> you can yeah. get away with. The first one or two don't ever let pops get the three.
0: And it it was the threat of the third one that kept you guys in check, right? I mean, it wasn't.
1: Oh, of course, but but then there, there was there was a few times where you know, pops kind of threw us off, off of our game plan. I always figured, well, okay, we're good for the first two, and but uh, no, there was every now and then he would foul us well, number two, but anyway, right. it was it wasn't like a beady beaty. It might be a swift kick in a hind end or something like that. I don't, you know, I never got hit with uh, with a belt by my father, nothing like that. But uh, you know, there might be a swift kick in him, and be like, "Kid, get your." It, the, the standard line was, "Get your head out of your ass and die right." And so again, that, that that's something that something has carried over to me <laughs> because I will say that to some of my the people I interact with. I go, "Get your head out of your ass and die right now." Look at me, go. What does that mean? I go. It means you're being a, you're being stupid right now. That's what it means. You're being stupid right now and you, you, you got the risk of doing some really dumb things right now that could cause you some bodily harm, stuff like that. So it'd be break it down here just a little bit. You know, get your head out of your ass and die right. Don't do because you did something stupid. Live a good life. Die right. Yeah. So it look, hearing about
0: your childhood, hearing about the teaching, and I know that a lot of your background in martial arts came originally from wrestling, right? I mean
1: Oh, wrestling Miss my again. I yeah, you know, like any other, you know, physical education. I, I love the, the 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 PE class. I I shine to in that. You know, to win the presidential physical awards. Why doesn't Joe Biden bring that? Why doesn't Joe Biden have pride in the presidential physical awards so that he can go out there and just smell all kinds of children. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and the, uh,
1: all those awards, even to the ones that are, you know, oh, sorry, you, you didn't you didn't place it, oh, you didn't pass, but yeah, you know, nevertheless, let's give you a, cu- a courtesy sniff here right now.
0: They can uh they can rub the hair on his legs in the pool, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, but well,
0: okay,
1: yeah. I, the irony there is that uh, okay, they they test Trump for cognitive ability, and they aren't going to, tr- the Republicans are going to test. Biden for his cognitive ability. What, what, a what, you know, again, I have no reason I, 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 I am actually, I, I despise both parties. I'm not, I'm not a party person. I I hate them both because most of them don't, they don't know what an honest day's work is. And they, they write bills and, and they make words of promise that again, make them held accountable. You said this, so under your watch. Of the four years and nothing happened good, we strip you of your finances. We take away your home, the whole nine yards. We incarcerate you to hard labor. You might rethink your your words a little bit more because you know and, and, and why why are we why do we spend literally billions of dollars when you look at all the millions of dollars that add up for Everyone running their election. Why don't we just say each person gets, you know, maybe a million bucks. That's it. To run their election. Because look at all this god-awful money that gets spent on these elections. Because they, all, they they think that, okay, I'm dealing with a lot of dumbasses out here. But if I if they keep hearing my name all the time, when they get from that ballot, they'll see my name. And they'll put a little checkbox right there. That's pretty sad that that's what they think of the American population.
0: It's, you know, what are the what are the missions of my show of my book of everything is to try to introduce a little bit of wisdom back to people because I when I look around, I I really feel like wisdom is missing, right? I just I don't see much of it. I see a lot of just almost like farm animals, you know, just like people going along and buying what they're supposed to buy. And Reading what they're supposed to read, if if they read it all, and it's almost like oh, yeah. the the whole system's just a factory to turn out these like this automatons. Again,
1: Siri, it's the know all. Oh, I have to ask. I said, Siri, please, you know, <laughs> please pop up this, please, because because Siri is like the all knowing. It's a uh, th- th- there was a, a a comedy movie. Um, I think I think the title was called. Idiocracy yeah, came idiocracy. out somewhere in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where you had like a professional wrestler was the president, a black president on top of all that. Very controversial, and the only liquid that everybody drank was green Kool Aid because it had electrolytes. And uh, no one knew how. Nobody knew how to do anything. And, and literally, everyone was dumb. And I'm like going, wow. Maybe that movie really was not so futuristic or, or comedy. I mean, it, it looks like a lot of civilization today. Yeah. So
0: what, what, what could save it? What, what's your opinion? Like, what do you, what do you think could could well, correct I mean, like the just, ship?
1: It, well, a combination of things is parents get back to parenting. Again, if you want to bring a child into this world, take some accountability for it. Yeah. Parent it, nurture it. And discipline it when warranted. I'm not saying beat your child, but there's got to be repercussions for inactions.
0: Kids Uh, need barriers.
1: School system system has to educate better. I mean, when when all of our foreign countries are teaching a better education than what what, what we do in the United States, it's sad. I mean, it's... uh, you, you see these different little youtube videos and people are like trying to go out there and just ask people of uh, you know, you know when was the de- declaration of independence in the united states and what does july 4th stand for and this that just it's sad that these young people know nothing and you want them to be allowed to vote i i think there should be an iq test in order to vote there really should be and when you're, you're trying to, and you're trying to do things, and, and all of a sudden it goes, eh, "Sorry, you're not qualified enough to vote. Next." Because there are there are people that they vote for all the wrong things. They they, they vote because I don't want to work. All I want is free, free, free. I want to be a parasite to society. Bye bye, bye bye. All right, here's one that that that, that probably, I don't know, you can probably think about a very st- sick, twisted bead type of person. Okay, why does uh, why, why do death row prisoners set on death row for next 20, 30 years? They were sentenced to death. Why do they set on death row uh, for the next 20 to 30 years on taxpayer dollars and they have better dental, optical, and medical? that our taxpayers are paying for and, and they're better than, than what you and I have. Why? Because somebody's the, getting rich off of it, I guess. The judge you know? the judge, always said death. Yeah. Why don't we, I mean, if you really want to uh, put some good use, like on it, you know, why don't we get all of our chubby kids out there and let's do a good old fashioned stoning. So we get, get some exercise for all these kids, you know, and we take out the uh, perpetrator on top of all this.
0: <laughs> there you, I, there you I,
1: go. I, 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 mean, I mean, I'm i going a bit too far on that one, but, 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 but you know, it's uh, i I've literally killing two birds with one stone. Da, 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 yeah. yeah I mean,
0: yeah. And it's, it's, it's saving a lot of money too. You know, you're, you're like, you're yeah, saving well, the taxpayer I, dollars.
1: True, true, trust me. Like I said, can can I fix it, the the system? Oh, sure I could, but people were not going to like my methods. I, I should say, not everybody. Do you you'd be surprised how many people would be, be very supportive of what I'm doing? Because again, the United States was the strongest country in the United, in the world. Yeah. Again, was.
0: Yeah, it's it it is sad. I mean, I I still. You know i i have a lot of like kind of like a romanticism for for the united states and, and i think that it's really the spirit of the united states has been lost in in a lot of people's lives and i think it, it's a really sad thing right because it it was this beautiful idea that you know no matter where you were from you could come in you could start a new life you could you could build a life here and celebrating freedom and it, it's like the, the whole culture that the united states was built on has just been completely completely dismantled right I mean it
1: and well, that's what the, that's what the, what the Statue of Liberty represents yeah please come give us your sick give us your poor you know but again do it the right way can't just simply have open borders and just floodgate people on in because where are they gonna go who are they gonna live with you can't just open up borders like that you, you look I mean when you look at a lot of these the, the major cities and you look at how many people are living on the street. Yeah. Now they're not all foreigners. There's still a lot of, you know, maybe uh, military that uh, they might have some PTSD or something of that nature that you know they have hard time holding down jobs. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons for where people are on the street, but that's kind of sad when you when you you go to Washington D.C. One of the biggest ghettos is right across the street. They always show the picture of the White House, but across the street from it is one of the biggest ghettos. Yeah, D.C. is rough. It's a rough place. Yeah, to me, it's like. How many How many Americans have ever been to the White House? How many How many Americans have ever been to uh, to see the Statue of Liberty? Have, have ever gone to uh, see uh, the Washington Monument, uh, Lincoln's Monument, uh, see some of the different uh, great uh, 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 other monuments that, that that they have there? But again, take a tour. Yeah. So I've, I've taken different trips. Each of each of my children have taken uh, the trip from hell with their pops.
0: That that's a that's a good thing, right? Like have having that family, just just having that family together,
1: it is. going to see things. I think, and... I think, I think so, but, but again, I like I like to have like one-on-one time. I I, I find different children. I say children, but you know, their youngest one is twenty-one. The oldest one is. I think thirty-five or thirty-six thousand. Keep changing them every year. Just when I had to figure it out, it changes <laughs> again on me. So, but uh, you know, so they're, they're not children, but I mean, uh, you know, they, they've had different trips with me, and uh, to see that well, Dad puts down some pretty hard miles. That but the same time, Dad sees a lot of cool things, gets a good chance to do a lot of cool things on top of that, yeah. cool stuff. You know, I I I truly like what I do, and I do I really want it to end. No, I like what I do. And I'm making a difference. I make people, I, I make people either think for the first time, or another people I'll help to take action in their life, whether they want to be a competitor or whether they want to be a better person. It's easy. By simply just pulling out, pulling out a piece of paper. Not you don't have to have a planner, but pull out a piece of paper and just write one or two goals for yourself. But look at those goals. Every morning when you get up, look at those goals. Every night before you go, say your prayers and make 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 that goal part of your prayers and stuff like that. You can. It's like the media. There's a lot of there's a lot of crap media that has a way of brainwashing people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can brainwash people into doing bad, and you can brainwash people into doing good. I try to forget all the bad stuff to hear all the stuff like stuff. I go and move on and, and try to surround. Surround yourself with more positive people. There's have you okay the very have you ever watched the movie Rocky?
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Okay, the the the, the very I mean, but the very first one, I, the whole series I like the very first one the best because they actually had a lot more good lessons to it. So Rocky's he's got this little gang of kids that's always hanging out there and they're just kind of like hoodling hoodling little kids up. like that. He's like you know just says he says. Uh, he says uh, uh, you know, if you hang around with a bunch of yo-yos, he you said, you're just going to be a yo-yo too. He said, you got to hang around with a better class of type of people. You upgrade you and stuff like that. I'm thinking, you know, he's he, he, he doing this all in this character, but it's like the same time, like, but it's, it, it's, it's the truth. You are a product of who you hang out with. Yeah. And then some, some things, and Shane, even in your own life right now, you have had difficulties goals of what you want to do. Some of the hardest people are your family and friends. Because your friends, they do a lot of talk. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But how many of them really do anything? See, I, I, to me, it's like I never told anyone really what my goals were, other than, you know, I, I might. Because I, 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 in fall, I played football in high school. In the winter, I was a wrestler. In the spring, I was a you know, track and field uh, person. But I also wrestled. And the track coach simply knew that if there was a Saturday track meet and there was a Saturday wrestling meet, he was not going to see me at the track meet because I was vested into my sport of wrestling because, you know, I, I at first it was like, you know, by my freshman year, I thought, well, my first thought was I'm going to, upon high school graduation, I'm going to go into the military, give up four years of my life, and then go to college on the GI Bill. That, that was my first Thought, mm-hmm. But by my sophomore year, I have a couple of college coaches go, you know, you keep up the good work. There might be some scholarship money for you. Oh, we have option number two. Let's exercise option number two. And so I just, you know, put more time into doing folk style, freestyle, Greco, and, you know, and it, it worked out for me. But it, it was like, but I would go out maybe for, for a little while on a Friday night, you know. And, uh, and my, and my friends are they are They're getting, they're, they are getting shit faced. They're like, damn, why is your party? Like, well, I got to make weight tomorrow. And and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want any alcohol to affect me in my performance tomorrow. But they go, what are they doing with their lives? They weren't going to compete tomorrow. They weren't looking at college. They did that nature. I was. So it's yeah. kind of like, going, you know, like, oh, Dan, but then they, 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 tried to attack the manhood card. They're like, Oh, Dan, you're being a pussy. Well, no, I'm not. Because I go, I'm not being a pussy. I go, I I have goals aspirations. I go alcohol is going to affect me. I be I may, may not make weight. I have to go up to every uh, weight class. It's going to impede my performance. And again, and then if they just do it, just leave. But a lot of those those people, they still commit, are in communication with me today. And, I go, the, and they're, getting, they're they're proud of of your accomplishments. They've, they're proud that they know you. They're proud that they went to school with you. They were part of your graduating class, or they were a team member on the football team. They were a team mm-hmm. member on the wrestling team. They were a team member on the track and field or whatever. They knew you. Oh, yeah, I knew Dan the B Severn when he was just, you know, a weenie little 17 year old high school <laughs> wrestler. Yeah, that kind of stuff.
0: What, what do you think, like, uh, what do you think one of, the, one of the biggest lessons that you learned from wrestling? Was because I know wrestling is for anyone that doesn't wrestle, hasn't you done get wrestling out
1: of, you get out of work what you put into it, you get out of life what you put into it. It, it, it mirrors life, it, mm-hmm. and it's, it's what I don't like about football, basketball, baseball, stuff like that, especially in junior high and high school. You have coaches that play God over children, and typically they have. A pony or two invested because they might have a son. I had to I had to deal with this with with with, with a couple of my own kids where the high school uh, football coach he's got a son that sucks, but is his son playing? Sure enough,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and some other poor son that's got to sit out. So again, that's where, well, <laughs> I, got, I got a few. Other, so we'll just move on from there.
0: <laughs> sure. Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, wrestling. Um, so
0: I'm a jujitsu guy. Uh, I did a little bit of wrestling and I do a little bit of wrestling just, you know, to complement my jujitsu, but jiu-jitsu, yeah, yeah I, I've always jujitsu is so different. Even though I'm a jujitsu guy, I've always felt like it, in MMA, especially wrestling is the base that you want because it there's something about that wrestling mentality. I just, you don't see a lot of jujitsu guys with that, that like grind it some, something about wrestlers and the way that they train and the, the way that the the way that you come up through the ranks, it's like, you just enjoy the grind where I think a jujitsu it's, you know, they, they put a little bit more emphasis on like being smooth or being technical. Um,
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, in the sport of wrestling, you, I mean, well, it's, it's a sport, It's a sport. Well, sport is the exact same thing, where you're posing your will upon another individual.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And you are breaking them. You're breaking them a couple different ways. You're breaking them physically first. And as you break them physically, then it goes to the second stage of mentally. Because as you're breaking them physically, in the back of the mind, especially if it starts going into the cardiovascular realm of, of being broken, it's kind of going, like, oh no, I'm getting tired. I don't think I could, I, I'm going to last to the end of this match. Oh, no, I don't think, I mean, but you, but that's all part of the physicality right there. You know, so again, I go, you break people physically first, and then you break them mentally on top of that. Um, that was one of the things that uh, I understood really quite well. But then also, what is the ultimate victory in the sport of amateur wrestling? Uh in specifically
0: like I mean the Olympics, right? I mean that's that's pretty much no no no
1: no, no. that that's that's just level of competition. But what what is the in winning what is the best way to win? Is it winning by points? Is it winning by a pin? Is it oh, winning yeah. by pin pin the guy? Pin him or tech yes, fall? Exactly. Him, right? okay. No, yeah. so uh again the tech fall was not was not involved in my era when oh, I was okay. still in high school. You know the tech fall was not there. So the thing is that that you can score a lot of points out to somebody uh, is one thing, but that uh, uh, you could by that you get so show superiority. But the thing is, if you, if 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 you and I wrestle and you just beat me by a couple of points in the back of my brain, I'm thinking, "Oh, well, Shane just beat me by a couple of points. I could get better, and I can come back and and come back at him." But if you physically grab me and against my will put me on my back and you pin me you own me at that point in time. You broke me physically against my will. You broke me and you put me on my back. The pin is the ultimate thing to do because you've stolen their soul. So the next time you face them, in the back of the mind, i going, is he going to pin me again? Is he going to pin me again? You know? And yeah. that's where, again, that's where I I valued the pin. And it was it was important for me to where, well, at one point in time, I held every state record for pins in the nation for one year, two years, three years, four years. I held every record.
0: What was it about wrestling
1: specifically that,
0: like, because I know you mentioned you did a lot of different sports. What was it about wrestling that you were drawn to?
1: Wrestling, the definition of wrestling is it's a team sport based upon individual performances. The team can lose. And I could still advance on. I, again, in football, I have to rely upon 10 other players. I, I Shane, I love the sport of football. Loved it. I was a one-man wrecking machine. I mean, I, I wish I there was actually videos of of of, of those time frame because I remember, like, uh, you know, shoulder pads, you know, they're, they're they're actually being broken up and stuff like this, and parts of it are coming off because I'm just crashing to people. I split a helmet before for for spearing into people and that. I mean, when you could do that kind of thing, so I I, I love football, and uh, even even when I was a freshman at Arizona State, the head football coach at the, and I, well, I, I had several football offers to go play football uh, on a collegiate level. And my freshman year, even at Arizona State University, the head coach was uh, a gentleman by the name of Frank Cush. And he had a very successful programs, stuff like that. And he would come and watch the home uh, wrestling matches. And then afterwards, he'd, he'd corner me he'd like, Severin, you're an animal. He goes, I see linebacker written all over your face. I go, coach, you got me pegged. I go, I'd tear my heart out and I'd give it to you. I go, but do you have ten other players that are going to do that same thing? And he paused. I go, you spoke volumes because you paused. Yeah. Because I know I I know the answer already. Because you got some people that they're just they're just there because they're just happy to be there. Wrestling is like I'm on this team. It's said, like the definition team sport based upon individual performances. Yeah. The team can lose and I can continue on. And, and I've and I've been in that boat to where. I did continue on, and the team was left behind. It's kind of like, I can't pick up your slack. But at the same token, I mean, like, you know, to tell you, we got a story. My Like, my freshman year in high school, I wanted to be the first freshman to make varsity. So the the thought that most wrestlers is, you know, to lose weight and be this monster at, at this uh at this other uh, weight class. And so I end up... uh you know, uh, I think I weighed by probably 165 pounds. I get down to 155-pound weight class. And, uh, you know, when you're just a freshman and you go up and get sophomores, juniors, and seniors, that one, two, three years of physical maturity yeah. and experience, I mean, you know, they they crushed me. So, again, I, I, I would lose at 155, then i go up to 165, then I would go up to 185, and then I went up to heavyweight. And and, and literally, while writes the... uh High school wrestling coach probably should not have allowed me to do the challenge match, but he saw, oh, this kid doesn't want to stop. And he allowed me to challenge the heavyweight. And somehow I tripped the heavyweight. He fell down, I fell on top, pinned him. And I won the challenge match. So I made varsity. But it also it it, it opened up, it opened up a few uh new obstacles because I did not weigh the, the minimum of 175 pounds. That was a rule, again, back in the 70s. Mm. But also, you could weigh in fully dressed. So I would go to scales, and, and I would weigh in fully dressed, shoes on, coat on, and cans <laughs> of pop in my pocket so that I weighed over 175 pounds. And I still remember, I, to this day, I still remember my very first match ever I'm, I'm literally, I have a picture of me wearing a 155-pound uniform. And I'm next to my coach. My coach has got the clipboard on his chest. His arms crossed just like this. And uh, my opponent is out on the mat. And, and I'm next to my coach. I'm just bouncing up and down. I don't know why I'm bouncing up and down. I just saw all these other upperclassmen. They're bouncing up and down. I think, well, maybe I should be a uh, bouncing up and down, uh, jumping being here as well. And th- my opponent is out on the mat. And, and he's probably six. Three, six, four, he probably be about 285 pounds. There's not really bad weight on. Him. And the referee looks right at my coach He goes, Coach, where's your heavyweight? My coach, arms are around his chest, guys, clipboard. He doesn't even look at me, just goes, poof. He just points to this little skinny thing at 155, bounces up and down. Referee looks at me, looks more at my coach, He goes, Are you sure, Coach? And my and my coach just goes, There was no. Atta boy, go get it. It was like the sheep being led to slaughter. The match was done in like 15, 20 seconds because as soon as the referee blew whistle, he just came, rah, crushed me, and, and it was over. So I always told people, I didn't set the world on fire, but I came back again and again. And each time I came back, I got better. And I yeah. won more matches, you know. And then by my, literally to, in the season, conference, uh, conference championship came up and it all boiled down to by match. If Dan Sever gets pinned, Macho Hill McCoy High School loses. And I went out there and I mean I counted every light in that in that gymnasium dozens of times over because he had me on my back so many different times. So again, it's pain because he was, you know, my boy's trying to pin me. And the only like three or four points I might have scored was because he allowed me to escape just to hit me with like another headlock or lateral drop because he was trying to pin me on my back. And when the match was done, I mean, it was like a lopsided score. I mean, he he probably beat me 20 some odd points to those three or four points that he gave me away, but he didn't pin me and literally the my whole team runs out on mat and they're they're picking up my crumpled body and they're like rejoicing the whole nine yards and like going it literally somehow i slithered out and went back around the, the corner of the bleachers and I, literally i was crying because i mean i literally i was broken i mean this this man yeah. broke me i mean physically was breaking me in the whole nine yards and i went back there but i told myself that i'll be back i said you broke me tonight but i didn't you didn't beat me you, you, you broke me physically but you didn't break me mentally and you didn't didn't pin me i'll come back and i will get better and that's because that's that's the theory i've kept with me at all times i even have like a a gentleman that i continue to see uh he's one of the reasons why i went to uh, arizona state university he's a very successful businessman and uh he started the sun kiss kid program for me in 1976 because i i I made i was the number one recruit at my weight class Hmm. and uh i told I love all the colleges. Know that I want to go to a program that has the best of both worlds. Sure, they have a folk style program, you know, but I wanted to compete at the Olympic Games. I want to compete in the World Championships. I want to compete in the World Cup and the Pan American Games. I wanted to do it, so I want to be. I'm, I'm aiming towards freestyle Greco. So I want a, I want a good folk style program I want to be involved with, but knowing that I also, when the season comes within, I want to be doing freestyle Greco on top of that. And when I went to Arizona State, I met. Uh, so one of their alumnus that uh, said if I signed with Arizona State, uh, he was start up a program, and that man was true to his word, and the Sunkiss kids were born back in 1976. I'm the first original Sunkiss Kid. And it's one of the best clubs in the world. Yeah. Still to this day. And well, my whole story was the same because I've been to this i bet the same gentleman many, many times over, so he's still alive, and I mean he's in his late latter 70s. Very, very successful businessman. Yeah, you know, just probably, you know, multi-millionaire. Might even be a billionaire, you know, for this judge for all I know. And I, I, I always go in to see him. And every time that I go in to see him when I'm in town, when he, when he gets up to shake my hand, he doesn't know if I'm about to shake his hand and throw him into a Russian two-on-one, throw him into a headlock, grab him a lock or something like this. And he's like, he's like, he goes, He goes, he goes, he says, he goes, he says, you make me nervous when you come by there. I go, I go, his first name is Art. I go, Art. I just keep you on your toes. And uh I go, I I keep you I keep you I keep you gaming so that when you're doing the business interactions that you're gonna be sharp and stuff like that. And uh and there's been different I I bounce different business ideas and then you know, they didn't quite go my way. And then I started to leave. He goes, hey, he goes I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah, He goes, are you actually leaving? I go, no, no, I'm just, I go, I'm going to retreat for right now. Reload. But rest assured, I'll be back. I'll be back again. Because I'm relentless. Like, yeah. so again, that's, again, that's what that, that that That's my follow through in life. I go, I, I tell people, do I, have I won everything? No. But I, I look at the loss. I'll try to chalk up as an educational type of aspect to it. What do I need to do to improve or something like that? And, and I'll come back and attack the same problem in a different direction. Yeah. Knowing that you know, Thomas Edison took him over 1,000 different tries before he created the light bulb. I mean, a 1,000 tries. I'm thinking, you know, easily at the first couple hundred, he might have thought, dude, I'm a loser. But he kept yeah. on going. So again, it's like you gotta look at a lot, lot of other great people that have created things or inventions wise, or just just having that drive, that perseverance, which is something that too many young people just simply roll over easily. Yeah. It's not nothing new, but I'll say it's very, it's a lot more contagious and people are giving up a whole lot easier. The heart, the uh, there's a great poem. I think it's called "The Road That's Divided," and a lot of people take this this one road, but they don't ever they don't usually take the uh the path less uh uh, less traveled. Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah, I've I've got it it on my wall actually. Good. Back back here. Nice. Well, again, I, I wish I could share. I actually I I wrote a pretty uh wonderful powerful poem. Called the match Promise. It's actually on my, my website, and uh, I wrote that back in the uh, the seventies. And uh, it, it, I I keep even uh, had a son that followed in my footsteps, and and uh, he he did, he kind of failed, but I came back and set him down, and we put together a game plan. But part of that game plan was he had to read that poem every morning and every night, and he had and he had to write his goals down on a piece of paper, and once again mm. he had to look at them every morning, so he knew that. And we woke up in the morning, this is what he's looking to try to do. And every night. He had to look at that again. So we get I always say that you can brainwash people for good or bad.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: There's a lot of bad there's a lot of bad things that happen inside the United States with all this crap. crap sure. that's going on. What about like you
0: personally? I mean, do you do you have daily habits that you go through? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, of you were course. just
0: telling me about the planner, right?
1: Yeah, well, the planner is just one aspect, but but again, it, it's 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 also trying to rise at, at a certain time. Uh, sometimes that that it gets uh, screwed up because you know, if, if I'm put in, if I'm driving for the next thirty some odd hours, forty some odd hours, yeah, you know, it's going to disrupt my sleep patterns, stuff like that. And there's been times when that. Uh, uh, I'll pull into a place just enough time to change from my, my travel clothes into my instructor clothes and I have to zap a little caffeine into me and then walk out on the mat knowing that I'm walking out on the mat they don't know what I just did laid down miles wide. doesn't matter I'm yeah. here, I have two hours to win them over with content I love that I love that challenge and uh I'm very successful with it. Sounds kind of cocky and arrogant. No, I've I got, I got a good proof of track record. I I have too many people that bring me back again and again and again, and they're like going, they don't care if they've had me there before. I might be teaching some of the same things, but it's like you brought a, a different nuance to it this time or a different nuance to it that time. It always just depends on how did that person ask the question as to how I approach it. I, I literally, it's, I, I try to, I try to, Get people to think about what they're trying to do because each body has different capabilities. We're not all created equal. Some of us are right. tall, skinny, thin. Some guys got necks. Some guys got these t- tree stumps. And I mean, each body is, is different. And you have to learn to teach. You know, when you look at the sport of wrestling, most wrestling coaches used to be that 150 pounder. Now, later in life, they, they don't weigh 150 pounds anymore. They're more like 200 pounds. But they teach a lot of lightweight or middleweight type moves. And they try to teach, again, you know, one example is they're, they're, they're usually always trying to teach a heavyweight how to do like a high crotch fiber's carry. Ain't going to happen. Heavyweights are not built that way. But you got to look at the mm-hmm. body type. And I, that's why I look. I look at people as, what are the attributes when they walk out there? I work with I, again, we talked about the uh, uh, Presidential Physical Fitness Award. Well, I also, I, I work with Law enforcement corrections, Air Marshal, Military. And in the law enforcement and the corrections, I've been doing that class since 1995. And I, in the last uh, five years or more, I no longer sign their certificates. I actually have a, a former commander, somebody that uh, I will allow to set the classes, because I, again, he understands all the political BS that they have to jump through hoop wise. He understands all the uh, um, how monies and stuff like that have to be appropriated. And they that again that, you know, that, that nature. So I'll let him handle all that. I'll go and teach class, and I go. You sign the certificate, and you send it to me. He goes, "Well, why why won't you sign it?" I go, "Because out of the out of the twenty or thirty people that show up." I would probably only pass five or six of them because f- physically fit wise, they're not physically fit. Yeah. I sometimes wonder, oh, well, how many cows did they have to kill in order to make that uh, belt to go around that that person's waist? They're 300 pounds or 400 pounds. They can't, they can't do nothing. And I go, True. I said, I, I I wouldn't pass them back. I, I go, but the, the, the first time I failed, an officer, and and he, again, either corrections or in, in the law enforcement, the command, not, not not this commander, but the commander, because this was before I, I I switched on over. The commander uh, that that uh, that hired me come out, he goes, he goes, well, he goes, you 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 failed so and so, and I go, well, yeah, I'm aware of that. We said, well, we've never had anyone fail. And I go, but they're not capable of doing any of the techniques. He said, but we never. He kept coming with that, but we never have anyone fail. I go, I go. I go, but it's my name. It's my name that goes on that certificate. So a lot of people want to say, what is their lineage? I got my black belt from this person. I got my black belt from that person, whatever. Whether it was for jujitsu or sambo or whatever, that's that means something to people. And it's like going, I won't sign that certificate. Because, again, I'm, I know... I take pride in what I, I teach, and I—I I don't believe in no child left behind. I don't believe in uh, everyone gets a everyone gets a trophy. I don't believe in that kind of stuff. Because what are you teaching the kid?
0: Yeah.
1: Teaching the kid or teaching the adult? Teach, you know. It, again, there's, there's a lot of things. I again, uh, there's a lot, a lot of ways I could correct. I could correct things. It's like when it comes to law enforcement. 90 plus percent of the law enforcement agents I deal with, they do not have a training facility. And I'm like, going, oh, and I'll be like, oh, Shane, let me let me teach you how to make goodwill inside your community right there. I go, do you have a local high school wrestling program? Do you have a local high uh, or a local junior high wrestling program? I go, give me the coach's name and number. I'll call the coach up and stuff like that. And I'll be like, show oh, Shane. I go, uh, I, 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 I would like to be able to use, utilize your wrestling room and your wrestling mats. Um, uh, you know, for a, a couple day law enforcement class, we we won't wear shoes on it. We're not going to tear up ter- therapy ter- mats by any means, stuff like that. They'll be either stocking feet, or barefoot, stuff like that. I said, but we need to use your mats. I said, but I said, uh, I'll be teaching a class, basically starting around eight o'clock in the morning, and we'll be done probably around four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, for you, allow me to to use your mats. I would like to run. I would like to run a wrestling clinic for you, as a fundraiser for your program because something tells me you could probably use a few bucks because I know all wrestling programs have no yeah. money. And so, because I, I get, that's my background, and I look at it as, you know, amateur wrestling is definitely a blue-collar sport. And so, the rest of the I like go, you will? Really? And I go, yeah, really. And I go, and, and even then, I'll tell the law enforcement guys, I go, by you know by that again, four o'clock or so they'll be they'll be done I go but why don't a couple of you guys come back later that night that all want to and watch what I'm teaching these high school wrestlers or these junior high wrestlers you see what I just taught you guys today and then come back and watch what I'm gonna do in the next two hours with these these wrestlers I said and you're gonna realize what I taught you was like a Band-Aid to a broken leg. And I'm teaching these wrestlers higher-end skills because they already have a foundation. They know what double legs are. They know what single legs are. Most of them will know what a, you know, what, what, a what a tie-up is. They're gonna understand maybe what a Russian two-on-one is. And, 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 and I'll have a foundation to work from. And then I'll get it some more little nitty ingredient. And, and I go, I always say, I tell the coach, I go, Coach, I said, I might have three or four officers that may want to come in. Later tonight, and I go. I need to give them a little bit of mat space. Over today. again, they won't have no shoes on, all like of that. But I want to come in so they can realize what I teach. What am I teaching this hundred fifty pound wrestler? They'll have a hard time with a hundred fifty pound wrestler. I'm talking about a six foot tall, yeah. two hundred fifty to three hundred pound man is going to have a hard time with a hundred and fifty pound wrestler because the wrestler is skilled at what he does. Yeah. So again, it's, I, again, I don't do that to embarrass them. Because I go, dude, you could be up against a football player. You could be up against who, who knows what at that point in time. And especially, you know, now that you have, you can have a boxer, because boxing's been around forever, but now you got this this MMA fighter. You've got MMA that's been around for 30 years now. So it's like going, you don't know what you're, you may, you may, you may want to look at the, you know, the, the, the bad guy's ears here real quick to see how cauliflower they're up, because you may not want to mess with that person. <laughs>
0: Sure, you might you might want to call backup first, right? Like,
1: yeah, well, get this word—it's—it's it's deceptive because I always tell people, look at my ears. I don't have California ears because I always wore headgear. They were the, the old-fashioned yeah. metal uh, click Keen style headgear stuff like that. But they were good headgear. And, and, but most wrestlers did that. Know how to, you know, I kept them so tight that you know, I, I already needed a chin strap out there because they just snugged my head. Because if they start shifting around, they're also going to screw up your ears. On top of that. Because you, yeah. you know you you come from a BJJ type background stuff like that, you know do they wear headgear? Ninety nine percent of them don't. Not but usually, yeah. But there is headgear available, but it's typically it's amateur wrestling headgear. True. You
0: right.
1: know another foreign another country, thing I would ask. A lot, of, a lot of foreign countries look at that as a badge of honor. I'm a Sambo practitioner. I'm a Judo practitioner. I'm a jiu-jitsu practitioner, yeah. so having that cauliflower ear, but at the same token, I'm competing in freestyle Greco. And literally, each time that you walk, before the match, they, they want you to re- walk across the match to shake hands before the match starts. I re- go in a shake their and I look right at them. But I'm not looking at them, I'm looking at their, their two ears. Which ear is the most cauliflower? So if I look at you and I look at and I see your left ear, is more cauliflowered than with your right ear. I know that right now, you're going to come all day long towards my left leg because that's where mm-hmm. your head is gonna be banging across, yeah, banging yeah. across, banging across. I had to teach that to coaches because, again, these were coaches that only competed in folk style. They wore headgear. So again, your ears are not your telltale sign. Freestyle Greco, most of these guys don't wear headgear. Foreigners don't wear headgear. I look at the ears. And I go, that should tell. If he's got a nasty old ear uh, uh, on his left side, well, more than likely he's shooting towards the right because his his head's going to be hitting all the time out uh, my hip. Smart, Little makes sense for you. I, I, I just. Yeah. I, I see the way you're looking at me, and I go, Oh, I tell you what, this I got this gray-haired man here and actually knows a few things that I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I,
0: I I don't question you at all
1: okay. Let's stop up there for one second. Like the gray hair, uh-huh. I've been coloring by, I have not done a single MMA match, nor professionalist match. My hair has been colored at all times. I prematurely went gray at a young age, but I also understood psychology 101. Hmm. If I walk out onto a mat or I walk into a cage with gray hair or a gray mustache, What's the psychological edge I'm going to have on this person? None. If anything, I'm going to boost their morale. But if I keep it dark yeah. and dastardly, psychology 101. <laughs> if you know how to put on a good yeah. game face and stuff like that, psychology 101. Even a lot, a lot of wrestlers, when they shake their hand, they're like, they're oh, trying to crush your hand the whole nine yards. It's like, it's like yeah, so like... I just kind of just smile at them, knowing that. Okay, we're on the mat for the next six minutes, eight minutes, or at most freestyle matches, when I first began, they were nine minutes long, three, three minutes. That, that's a long time.
0: Yeah. The
1: so the last go ahead,
0: question. I just, I, no, 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 you're good. Yeah. the The last question I, I really wanted to ask you too. Um, I always like to ask all my guests this, but if you if you could go back like in time, hop in a little time machine and go back to a to a younger Dan and, uh, give yourself a piece of advice. What, what might it be?
1: Uh, well, the fact that you, you can't do that. So I mean, I, I've been, I've been asked that question quite a few times. I go, we, yeah. we don't have time. We don't have that ability. Um, the reality is I I would not change anything.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, if I could, I'd be, mean, uh, Shane, you and I would not be talk- talking right now. Had everything gone right for me in 1984, I would have won the Olympic gold medal in wrestling. And I would have retired, happily retired. And I would have been coaching uh, amateur wrestling at either high school, junior high, junior college, college. And I'd be a teacher. And life would be good. But because they did not go my way, I was done unjustly that I continued to move forward. And I use that. I mean, a lot of people go, "Oh, back in the day, you were really good." I go, "You never saw me when I was really good. I didn't start my cage fight career until thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. What, what was I doing all those years before that? I mean, I was doing judo, sambo. I was doing other things of nature, and then uh, and but freestyle Greco. And then what, if I found a uh, you know a, uh, uh, folkstyle match here or there. I mean, one of the my, my greatest days ever was simply uh, doing to be at a big national tournament. And here I am in the seniors or masters doing things that I've got my, my son that's in, in the high school ranks doing it. So he ended up winning his, his national title. I ended up winning national title for, you know, for masters. And, and in fact, I, I could share that, that day with, with my son. That, that was, that was great. You know, so the sport, yeah, like I said, the sport's given me a lot. It's, 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 it's been a travel. Again, I've been to every state in the United States, and some of them are, are not too easy to get to, like Hawaii's not good easy to get to, Alaska's a little bit tough to get to. I've been, been to Hawaii, I don't know, a dozen, uh, well, no, half a dozen times, but also been to Alaska probably another half a dozen times. So, and all the others, multiple, multiple times. But it's through my sports and travel or, or teaching. Yeah. And I, but I like what I do, and I'll continue to do, and I'll, I'll, hopefully I'll, I will continue to inspire. Because I always help people ask me questions. I'm, I'm here to help you. I'm helping. I'm, I'm, some people they might have to have their face rubbed into the cow pie reality a little bit because they <laughs> live in a fantasy world, right? And, and I don't do it to be mean to them, but 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 I always tell them that you can achieve your goals, but you have to realize. But what are you willing to sacrifice? We all have 24 hours in a day. How do you use your time? How much are you doing gaming? How much are you doing this? How much are you doing that? So there's, what are your priorities in life? You you say, because I I do this all the time. I hear young athletes all the time. They talk and they talk. I'm going to do this. I just want to reach over and go, shut up. You're wasting my oxygen. I don't talk about nothing. I just Nike should have been all all over me decades ago because I don't talk about it. I just do it.
0: That's
1: a lot of wisdom there.
0: That's a lesson right there for sure.
1: No, it is. I mean, because most people just talk talk their asses off. (laughs) Yeah. If um,
0: if anybody wants to reach out to you, anybody listening and they, they you know, they wanted to book you for a sem- seminar or anything like that, what's the best way to, for someone to reach out to you, to find you?
1: I was just going to close up with uh, what, what does the ring name, the B stands for? Because again, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's, uh, to me, it has a lot of negative connotations and, and anyone that knows Dan Severn knows I'm not a negative person. So the, the word, the T-H-E stands for Dan, for Dan. Myself, uh, I'm a teacher, humanitarian, and I'm, and I'm an educator. And my message to young people is BEAST, to believe in yourself, to educate yourself, to adjust your everyday attitude, to study hard, and then to teach others. That's what the BEAST stands for me. So it's kind of going, it's not a negative connotation to me, it's like good but I, you know, sometimes I, I'm not as kind about it because there's a lot of pretty dumb people in this world, and uh, I'm using my father's wisdom right now to try to help to get your head out of your ass and die right. <laughs> that that, that uh, uh, my my brothers and sisters would be would be happy here. That, that uh, of, of, of. No, very well. Like I said, uh, you know, if you can post that. Uh, you know, if people want to get contacted me for whatever, Dan and just post that up in there as well. And, and uh, life is good. Life is what you make of it. Not anyone else, what you make of it.
0: Take care. Thanks for listening to the Renaissance Wisdom Podcast. And hopefully you learned at least one lesson on today's episode. Our mission here is to uncover practical wisdom to create a better way of living for our audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us by leaving the show a review on your podcast platform of choice and by giving it a share on social media. This really helps us to grow our audience and to continue to add more episodes. If you are interested in learning more, please check out our website at renaissance-wisdom.com or check out the book that started it all, Renaissance Wisdom, How to Flourish in the Modern Day, now on Amazon. Thank you again, and may wisdom be
1: your guide.